Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along to the Outlawed Rugby League podcast, episode number 23. Just thought I'd quickly jump on here and kind of put my two pence in or two cents into everything that's going on with regards to the Toronto Wolfpack. So, as everyone will be aware by now, the Toronto Wolfpack have pulled out of the remainder of the 2020 Rugby League calendar. That's both the Super League and the Challenge Cup. Um, so I just wanted to, to come on here, um, kind of off the cuff, nothing scripted, nothing written down. So it, it could be a short one, it could be quite a long one, I'm not sure yet. But like I said, I just wanted to come on and talk about everything with regards to the Wolfpack and kind of some of the stuff that I've been seeing on social media with regards to there's a lot of negativity around the Wolfpack and kind of the way that the, the organisation has, has gone about business with regards to pulling out of, of the 2020 campaign. Now, it's difficult. I mean, no no one, no one in their right mind would have predicted kind of the, the unprecedented circumstances that we've had this year with regards to the coronavirus pandemic, which let's not forget is a global pandemic. It isn't just in one country. It isn't just in one continent. It's a global pandemic, which actually, in fairness, essentially shut down the whole world at one point. So that kind of shows the scale of it. Now, I remember reading very, very early on that it was going to start costing the Toronto Wolfpack money immediately. Now, what we had over here in England was a scheme, well, it's still running actually, a scheme called the furlough scheme in which employers could put you essentially on to leave. Um, and I was put it on myself. And what would happen is, is the government would support up to 80% of your income, up to £2,500. Uh, per month obviously it is your employer's discretion whether they then top that up to 100% but that that was kind of the ins and outs of the furlough scheme and I know kind of different countries had different schemes and everything like that now the Toronto Wolfpack being a transatlantic team they weren't allowed to use the furlough scheme they also because they didn't spend enough time over in Canada uh, throughout the year and throughout the season, they couldn't benefit from any uh, any money from the Canadian government either. So that kind of left them left them in the lurch, left them on their own. They they couldn't claim any money as everyone else, all of the clubs did, uh, from the British government, and unfortunately they couldn't claim anything from the Canadian government either, as I've just mentioned. So like I say, kind of put them put them straight away on the back foot. Now the Rugby Football League received funding of sixteen million pounds from I believe it was sixteen, um, from the uh, from the British government. Again, Toronto Wolfpack didn't see any of that. Now, again, it wasn't to be used uh, for wages or anything like that, and it was by kind of the the RFL's discretion as to how it was used and and who could use it, etc. So that was that was rather difficult for them. Obviously, kind of fast forward a little bit, and you know they during lockdown they have tried to progress and have tried to make kind of steps forward, if you like, with regards to playing over here. Now you've got to remember, so far this year they haven't played a single game at home. Unlike every other team in the Super League, unlike every other team in the Championship, League One, and the National Rugby League, the NRL, they have not played a single game at home this year. That is obviously due to kind of the logistics of the way that the Wolfpack work and I get that and it is what it is it's you know weather-wise etc um, you know you, you're not going to be playing in Toronto in in February time because it will be 
covered in snow and it's just not viable. So obviously they play all their home fixtures during the summer months, which is great. It's also better for travelling fans going over there and obviously experiencing Toronto and, and actually enjoying the experience rather than having to be wrapped up in a winter coat, hat, scarf, gloves, etc. So, like I say, you know, there's there's pros and cons of kind of how, how the season would be kind of going with regards to the Wolfpack. However, like I say, no one saw the, the coronavirus pandemic coming, especially obviously not the Toronto Wolfpack and then obviously everything that ensued from there. There's a lot of criticism about the Wolfpack and how they've had legs up or alleged legs up. Um, I don't agree with that at all. You know, they, they've started from the bottom. They've started from League One. They weren't just put into the Super League. They've started from League One, worked their way up. Obviously, they did walk through the uh, the League One campaign and over the past few years have eventually made it to Super League. They've spent money, obviously, on certain players. They've spent um, money on other players, everything like that. They have never taken a single penny of central funding from the Rugby Football League. So they don't have a share of the TV money that comes from the, the TV package with Sky Sports in England, despite them being a transatlantic team and probably pulling more money into that TV deal for um for Super League and the RFL due to them being a, a transatlantic team. And in, and in fairness, the only professional transatlantic team as we sit today. So everyone kind of forgets that... Although they are in a different country, you know, you get all this nonsense of people saying, you know, grow the game in your own country, everything like that. But isn't that exactly what they're doing? They are growing the game in their own country because, as I mentioned previously, they are bringing in sponsors. You know, they're bringing players over to to play in Canada. And, you know, as a as a player for an opposition team, the, surely there's nothing better than going over to Canada to play. Having your accommodation paid for by the Wolfpack. Having your flights paid for by the Wolfpack. There was no kind of expenditure needed from any of the other clubs so it didn't really cost them anything a lot of people kind of criticized when they were in league one because people having to take annual leave as it being a semi semi-professional uh league if you like not really the Wolfpack's fault because again as i've mentioned they stumped forward the money to fly everyone over there and everything like that i'm not saying don't get me wrong i'm not saying everything that the Wolfpack did or has done thus far is perfect or it's the right model or anything like that but can we really say that any of the clubs are running by the right model? No, I don't think we can. So, as I say, it it, it kind of infuriated me the, the way people are going on. And, and I know that Toronto kind of stepped forward and said, look, we need a bit of financial help. Can we loan some money from other Super League teams? I get both sides of the coin of them saying yes and no. I'm saying no because obviously they've got to look after themselves, which is a bit frustrating because, again... It shows how little money there is in, in our sport. But then if you look at the NRL, for example, how much people have supported everything that the New Zealand Warriors have done, where they've left their own country, come to play over in, in Australia, as opposed to having home, again, sacrificing home games in New Zealand. Essentially what the, the Wolfpack were going to be doing, the NRL really looked after them, um, other clubs looked after them, and, and that was embraced. It wasn't embraced on this side of the hemisphere and that is frustrating. So they haven't had any money from that front. When it was announced that Toronto would be dropping out of the Super League for this year, obviously there was there was a lot of kind of uproar as to what happens next, a lot of uproar in terms of the season, next season, what happens with the Wolfpack, do they get expelled altogether, do they get relegated, do they get taken down to League One, do they just get a points reduction? 
I don't have the answers for that, but I do have my opinions on that. But what frustrated me was the Super League clubs weren't willing to help out a fellow Super League club. And yet there is going to be a competition or an invitational competi- competition celebrating 125 years of the RFL between some Championship and League One sides with a um, a prize money at the end of £250,000, some of which has been put forward by Super League clubs. So Super League clubs are willing to do that, but they're not willing to help their own in terms of their own league. And that's going to annoy some people the way I've just worded that, but you've got to understand that Toronto, we're always going to pay the money back because ultimately once they start getting people back through the gates, I appreciate it might not be for another 12 months. But this, the the fellow Super League teams aren't going to get any money back from the 125-year competition prize money. So I didn't quite understand that. What do I think will happen with Toronto? Personally, what I think should happen and what possibly could happen could be two different things. Do I think they should be expelled? No. Do I think they should be relegated to League One? No. Do I think they should be relegated to the Championship? Probably not. Do I think they should have a points reduction and play in Super League next year? I think that's probably the solution. Because let's be fair, if they if they had done it on a normal season, or done it in a normal season, then yeah, I'd get the uproar, I'd get the problems, I'd get um, you know, people calling for, for their head and everything like that. I'd get that. Because again, it would be the same with any club. However, they've done it in a season where we've seen a once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic, which has halted our season since March. Bearing in mind, it's now July, nearly August, and we still haven't seen any rugby league on the field in the UK or the Northern Hemisphere full stop. So I think points points deduction is, is probably fair. Toronto, let's not forget, Toronto are now going to lose a lot of their players, a lot of their playing squad, because again, they've got to find um, an income, they've got to find everything like that. So it could be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for the Wolfpack, because it now gives the Wolfpack a chance, dependent on obviously what league they are playing in, gives the Wolfpack a chance to kind of rebuild, regather, and potentially bring in players that they, they probably weren't able to because they had, I don't know, some players on the roster that they, they kind of not needed to get rid of, but they would have had to have moved on to bring other players in that potentially maybe aren't up to the standard that or the playing standard that they wanted them to be. Obviously, Liam Kay's already left and gone to, to Wakefield. Um, so, so that kind of opened up a spot there. I know there's a lot of speculation as to who they were going to bring in, who they still are going to bring in, what's going to happen with, with everything. But obviously, it's very, very fresh at the moment. So it's very fresh in terms of nobody really knows what's going to go on. I don't even think the Wolfpack or the RFL know what's going to go on. I think the knee-jerk decision of a a statement from the RFL... Don't get me wrong, a statement needed to come, but the knee-jerk decision, or how it appears to be a knee-jerk decision in terms of the 125-year competition, is interesting. You know, it's interesting to read how many Championship and League One players on Twitter or Facebook or um, Instagram or whatever are kind of coming out and saying, look, this was the first we heard of it. So it was, you know, it, it was on an evening. It wasn't, you know, it was a Monday evening over here in the UK and and they kind of find out, found out, 
found out through the RFL, but not really because everyone else found out at the same time. Could they have been told by the RFL beforehand? Well, I think they could have done in terms of, obviously the RFL could have come out and, and given a statement the next day after they'd consulted all the clubs, told all the players, everything like that. Or it could have been later in the later in the day. You know, it it doesn't really matter as long as you're telling the players in the first instance. Now, what do I think happens from here? I think I think it's very it's very difficult and, and calls for places like Featherstone, London, Lee, um, all to be kind of pushed up into into Super League. I think that's wrong. Because surely those clubs would rather would rather earn it on merit than anything else. So they would rather actually do the hard work, put the hard work in on the field and get there as a as a playing squad as opposed to just being put in. I know that Featherstone put themselves forward immediately after the Toronto Wolfpack pulled out immediately to say that they wanted to, to kind of fill that spot. Do I think that was that was the right thing to do? No. And I'm sorry if that upsets you, but I don't think it was the right thing to do. I don't think it was very I don't think it was very professional personally. I think they could have bided their time a little bit. I understand the frustrations. I understand, you know, Featherston really, really want to be in the Super League. They own their own ground. They're relatively financially stable. Um I say relatively because no club is a hundred percent financially stable. Because obviously, you know, global pandemics and everything like that. But I don't think it was the right time to come out immediately after and, and kind of start waving their flag and say, look, we're over here, we want to get in. It it just doesn't look... Personally, I don't think it looks good. But like I say, that's that's my personal opinion. What happens from here? Obviously, we're going to have a 11-team Super League. No relegation from that 11-team Super League which is the right decision, personally. I think that is the right decision, given there won't be a Championship or a League One side, uh, sorry, campaign. I also think that it's the right decision because it would be unfair to relegate an 11th team from a 12-team competition if the 12th team doesn't then subsequently get relegated or doesn't have kind of any form of punishment of being moved down. It, it, you just couldn't do it. You couldn't have... For example, my scenario of Toronto coming in and um coming in with a, a points deduction, if you like, and then obviously num- team number eleven, we'll just call them team number eleven because obviously I don't know who that's going to be. Then getting relegated, it it wouldn't work. It doesn't make sense. What do I think that Toronto should do from here? I actually think. I actually think Toronto have a lot, still have a lot of potential. People are kind of writing them off as if the club doesn't exist anymore, the players have gone, it's all fallen apart, everything like that. Certainly isn't. It's been less than 24 hours, as I record now, um, since obviously it was announced that, that they were pulling out of the 2020 campaign. But you've got to look at it like this. From next year, we're going to have, including the Wolfpack, we're going to have three transatlantic teams. So you're going to have New York, you're going to have Ottawa, and you're going to have Toronto. Those three teams now have the potential, personally speaking, now have the potential to step away from the RFL. 
if they were to step away from the RFA, especially if, obviously, Toronto, arguments say Toronto get expelled, if they were to step away from the RFL, that would be disastrous for the Rugby Football League. It would be disastrous for um, the European Super League, the, the competition over here. The reason it would be disastrous is because of money. You're going to have less funding from Sky on the TV deal. You're going to have less interest from um, major sponsors because you haven't got those international cities like Toronto, New York, especially. Um, you know, businesses see these names, London, places like that. They see these names as, as kind of the, the be-all and end-all for, for advertisement. And it's kind of like, and that's why I wanted to call this one the American dream. So everyone has an American dream in terms of if you're an actor, you go to Hollywood. You might not make it, but your American dream is to go to Hollywood. If you're a, a singer, for example, you might go to Nashville. Um, obviously a country singer, but again, you have that American dream of, of making it as a, as a singer or, or whatever it is. So all of a sudden we now potentially have the Rugby Football League's American dream or North American dream go up in smoke because these three teams then pull back, they then club together with the money that all three teams have or all um, three directors, etc. have. They can then turn around and go, hang on a minute. So we've got us three. All we need is a fourth, whether that's Boston, um, Dallas, you know, Chicago, whether it is over in... I'm going to leave California out for the minute. Um, you know, Florida, for example, Orlando, Miami, etc. Um, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. You've then got the potential of four teams there. Then all it takes is someone to go, right, well, actually, we're going to put a little bit more money in. Pulling Tom from California. So you've got an Eastern Conference with four teams. You potentially then got a Western Conference with with Tom kind of running that, you know, a couple of teams out of California, a team in Vancouver, for example, a team in Utah. All of a sudden, you've got an eight team competition, which, if it's sold right, TV wise and everything like that, people in Australia will watch it, people in the UK will watch it, and all of a sudden, the RFL will spiral. And the reason the RFL will spiral is because we need teams like Toronto, we need teams like Ottawa, and we need teams like New York to be able to be to be able to build a north, northern hemisphere hemisphere brand of rugby league, and to actually finally get the wheels turning again on our great sport up here. Because without those teams, we will start to die. And the reason I say it so dramatically that we will start to die is it, it's true. We can't sustain the way that we're going with how clubs are, how the league is. You know, you look at you look at professional soccer, for example, there's just in the football league, you've got the Premier League, Championship, League One and League Two, and that's before you even get to the conferences. They're, they are all full-time players, full-time training staff, uh, full-time coaches, etc. Don't get me wrong, they've got their own problems. You know, Wigan Athletic have got problems at the moment. And obviously, previously, there's been teams like Bolton have had problems as well. But they are professional all the way through the ranks. I know they're talking about pulling TV or central funding, I should say, for League One going forward, which, again, is catastrophic. You know, you've got some great cities like Newcastle in there, London. London Scholars are in there. You know, you've got a couple of Welsh teams. 
you've really got a great demographic. You've got Coventry, uh, you know, a city city like Coventry in there as well. Um, you know, you've got some of your Manchester sides that kind of flirt between the Championship and League One with, with kind of Oldham, Swinton, uh, Rochdale. You've got some of your Cumbrian sides as well. So if you move to a non-centrally funded league in League One, it will basically make it an amateur competition and you will lose more and more teams. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that... I don't want to be a cynic, but I don't think Toronto will be the only team that we might may lose this year. I think we may lose some of the lower league teams purely on loss of money, purely on the fact that the furlough scheme that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode uh, only runs until October. And they are starting to cut back on that as we speak now anyway. So it is it is difficult. And obviously I know they are semi, semi-professional, so they're not being paid as much money as, as for example, Super League teams. But they're not getting anyone through the gates. They This competition, they've got to decide whether they can be in the competition and make it viable and make it work. They've got to decide whether it's going to be financially beneficial to them. You know, is is for example again no disrespect to them, but is it is it worth South Wales going in to play a couple of games and not really have any chance of winning if you've got the likes of Featherstone, Lee, uh, London, all these aspiring uh, Super League to be teams to uh, to lose? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think it's a very sad day for rugby league, but I also think that it could be a blessing in disguise for the likes of Toronto, New York, Ottawa. Because as long as Toronto gets given a second chance, and what I mean by a second chance is they aren't just expelled altogether. They are given a second chance, whether that is in League One, Championship, Super League, you know, that's that's not up to me to decide a North American conference. It's not up to me to decide, but it could be a blessing in disguise. It could allow them to get all their kind of things down on paper, all their ducks in a row, if you like, and and go again. But yeah, like I said, I just wanted to jump on, do a quick, short, long, whatever it is, episode, just kind of put my two cents into it. And I sincerely hope that we do see the Wolfpack back next year. And I do genuinely wish them all the best. And all, to all Wolfpack fans out there, we will see you next year. And we do look forward to seeing you next year. Please, please, please ignore all the negativity on social media um, and focus on the positives and the positivity coming from a lot of people and a lot of people that I kind of follow, talk to on on social media as well because we do need you and we do need you as part of this Rugby League family and you are part of the Rugby League family. And, you, you know, you, you're drawn in crowds. Never stop turning up for your team because ultimately they will reward you and they have to a certain extent by getting to Super League, but they will reward you by, you know, always turning up on the field for you as well. Look, guys, I'm going to leave this one here. I'm going to get back to my beer. Take care, guys. Cheers.